Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, Merry Christmas. PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, and I'm so excited and so glad that you would choose to tune into our Every Nation uh, channel. And I got news for you, man. God has got a word for you today. God's got a word for you. And so uh, before we get into the scriptures here, uh, I'd, I'd love to ask you this. Like, do you have a like a, a Christmas tradition, like maybe a flow to the way things go on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning? Uh, if you don't, shame on you. All right. So let me tell you, it's funny, my, my family, we've gone to different uh, Christmases, you know, different families, relatives and whatnot, and I'm always amazed at how different people do Christmas. Like, like, do you know, like some of my family, they just open all the presents all at once, you know? And I'm like, you're doing it wrong, all right? It, it might even be unbiblical to do such a thing. And so um, this is the, in, in the Burt household, this is the way we roll uh, on Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, you know, Christmas Eve, uh, we have our, our Christmas Eve service, and I just so it's a joy for me to do it you know and it's kind of ironic it's the only time uh, I get a family photo with my wife and two daughters um, so every family photo is us in after Christmas Eve service in front of the Christmas tree <laughs> so uh, anyways but then we'll, we'll, we'll go home and we'll eat heavy hors d'oeuvres you know uh, nothing too heavy because the big meals coming on Christmas Day and so so we'll do that but before Christmas Eve is over, man, each person gets to open one gift uh, under the tree. And uh, my family always does it this way. We always go from the youngest to the oldest. And if you're wondering, that means my wife Susan goes last because she's considerably older than me and I'll probably get in trouble for that and I'm okay. But uh, it's funny, like when my, my girls were younger, they knew they had to pick the right present under the tree for Christmas Eve because it was like, you don't want to open your best present that, uh, that you know, and then it's just a want want for Christmas Day, but but you also didn't want to get something too junky, you know, where so you could enjoy it that night. So, uh, and then my, my kids, uh, they would try to go to sleep. You, if you remember what that's like, trying to make yourself sleep. And, and then uh, inevitably, I'll be the first one up Christmas morning and, and I'll grab a cup of coffee and, and, and I'm going to pray, man, I'm going to get in that Bible and I'm just going to thank Jesus uh, for coming, uh, dwelling among us uh, and being our Savior and our Lord. And, and then after that, you know, people are going to start getting up and, and, and for the record that uh, stockings are fair game on Christmas morning. So you're, you're free to go get after that uh, the moment you wake up you don't have to have mom and dad in there for that and so so they'll, they'll do that and then uh, I'm gonna reload on coffee and my daughters are gonna go for get wait for it Cinnabon have you had these things there's a reason why they call it sin a bun uh, it's got like a week's worth of calories in one of these things but they're fantastic okay and uh, and then my, my daughters uh, they're gonna do what every God-fearing God-loving uh, girls would do they're gonna fight over the frosting uh, on Christmas morning right <laughs> so so we'll do that and then and then we're gonna get after it, right we're gonna open uh, all these gifts one by one again from the youngest uh, to the oldest and that's right Susan my wife is going dead last and so uh, um, here's what's so funny when my kids are opening presents like I had very little to do with it and so I'm as surprised as they are uh, to see their gifts and so so that's always fun but for each of my daughters and my wife I'm involved in one gift and it's just called the wow gift 
right? It's something that, that they weren't expecting, uh, probably spent a little too much on it, a little bit extravagant, and they're surprised. It's the wow gift. And I say all that to say this, is, is we're going to talk about Advent, the Advent of joy today. And I want to tell you this, that joy it is God's wow gift for you and me. And joy uh, comes in a person, and his name is Jesus. And so, uh, you know, it's fascinating when you see joy, true, authentic joy in an individual, you, you step back and it makes you say, wow, wow. And so, uh, for example, in Acts chapter 5, uh, all the apostles, they're in the temple area and they're preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. But the Pharisees and Sadducees, they want nothing to do with that. And so they have them arrested and they tell you, you need to stop preaching Jesus. And Peter kind of bows up. He says, we're going to honor God before we honor men, right? And, and so, uh, so what they do is they decide that they'll beat the disciples. Uh, the word is scourging. And here's what that means. That means they would get 39 lashes. Um, they would get uh, two on the back, and then they would flip them and do one in the front. And they would do that 13 times for each disciple. 39 lashes. And here's the shocking power of joy. It says this, that the disciples left rejoicing. <laughs> wow. Wow, right? That's like, man, you spank your kid and it goes away. Yeah, high five, right? There's something disorienting and otherworldly about that. And uh, and I'll give you another example is the the, uh, the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of Philippians. And Philippians, the, the mega theme for that book is joy. In fact, 16 times we see the word joy or rejoice. Uh, and there's only four chapters in the book. And, and in that book, uh, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now here's why that's so staggering. Because as he's penning these words, he's actually rotting in a Roman prison. And what? Yet he's so filled with joy, uh, he might as well be on the beach somewhere, okay? And then even moving forward, if that wasn't enough, we, we see uh, Paul is actually on a, he's arrested and he's, he's on a ship and the ship gets caught in a, a tempest, this storm, and, and they're shipwrecked and lost at sea. And, but by the grace of God, he winds up getting up onto the shores of Malta along with the other crew members of the boat. And then he, he simply wants to warm himself by a fire. And what happens? The scripture says a viper comes out and bites him in the hand. And so if that's me, to be honest with you, I'm going to be pretty bitter at God because I'm like, hey, man, I'm doing all this stuff for you. I'm doing this. And now seriously, a snake bites me, but not Paul. So filled with joy, he just shook the viper off and went back to making his fire. Wow. Wow. See, see, joy, it, it makes bitterness, entitlement, self-pity impossible. It's a spiritual force, this joy. And so um, I want to make a distinction between joy uh, and happiness. Uh, happiness is fragile and can be taken from you in a minute. See, we, we get the word happiness uh, from the, the word happenings. And so uh, happiness is subject to the happenings, the, the circumstances around your life, but not joy. Man, joy is a deep, uh, deep-seated um, soul satisfaction that's rooted in God. A deep-seated soul satisfaction that's rooted and anchored in God. It can't be taken away from you, right? And so, uh, uh, but here's what here's the deal: we can't lose joy, but we must choose joy. And I want to tell you this: 
I'm going to choose joy today, and I pray you you choose joy as well. So our text is going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, familiar Christmas passage. And it says this, uh, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone on, all around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. But So did you catch that? I bring you good news of great joy. See, with the arrival of Jesus came the arrival of joy. Merry Christmas, every nation. Listen. And so I, I want to demonstrate some things. Like, do you know that, that there's a joy in God. There's a joy in God. And, and so some of you, you need to cl- kind of clean up in your imagination. You imagine God to be this angry old man with a beard. He's, he's got a club just waiting for you to break one of the commandments so he can do something horrible to you. And, and that's not our God. Man, our God is a God of joy. In fact, um, there's a specific kind of love in the Godhead, in the Trinity, between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Theologians call it perichoresis. It it literally means to celebrate and to dance around. And so um, um, if you're a cat person, you're not going to understand what I'm saying. If you're a dog person, you'll totally get this uh, illustration. But uh, my dog people out there, did you ever notice like, like when you come home, your dog loses their mind. Like you are the greatest person on the planet. And man, they start jumping up and down, barking, licking your face. Man, they just lose their mind. Sometimes they even lose their bladder because they're, they're so happy to see you because you're awesome and they celebrate you. And for you cat people, you have no idea what it's talking about because your cat could care less about you. <laughs> so it's just true. Uh, Merry Christmas. And so, uh, but we see it's that kind of excitement and celebration in the Godhead. The Father dancing around and celebrating the Son and the Spirit. The Spirit of God celebrating the Father and the Son. And it's this epic dance in the Godhead. It's joy, man. In fact, did you know uh, the, the word enthusiasm? Uh, it literally means entheos, in God. Because there's a joy uh, in God. In fact, uh, C.S. Lewis, he, he would say this. Joy is the serious business of heaven. Um, uh, The Apostle Paul, remember we referenced him, and if you know Paul's story, he'd seen the Lord Jesus Christ appear to him on the road to Damascus, that that Paul actually went to the third heaven. I don't even know what that is. Uh, But uh, so, so Paul knows what he's talking about. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, Paul refers to God as this, the blessed God. Our God is the blessed God. Do you know what? Uh, That word for blessed, it it could be literally be uh, uh, interposed with the happy God. Have you ever thought of that? Like, have you ever um, envisioned God being the happy God? Paul's seen him and Paul knows our God is a happy God. Listen, if you don't believe me too, that there's actually a joy in, in creation, like even in the creation story from the very beginning, do you know, there's a, a, a composer, his name is Leonard Bernstein, and, and, and he, he believes that in Genesis 1, instead of uh, uh, God saying, let there be light, he says this, uh, the, the, the Hebrew could be uh, interpreted as this, then God sang, let there be light. Man, have you ever envisioned God, uh, our God is a singing God, 
overflowing with joy. And, and man, that's the creative uh, creation narrative that, man, out of the overflow of the joy between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, man, all this creativity spills out and we get everything there is. In fact, uh, I love Job in Job chapter 38, verse 7. Uh, God has actually uh, uh, taken Job to task a little bit. He wants to humble a little bit and he's like, hey, Job, where were you when I did this, I did this, and I did this? And he's unpacking, Job, where were you when I created everything there was? And in verse 7 of chapter 38, uh, he says this. He says, while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. <laughs> did you get that? Like at the, as God's creating everything, it says that the angels, they shouted for joy. Like, like Michael and Gabriel, they're like, shut up. Did you just see what God just did? That's incredible. That's amazing. And, and that's who our God is. Man, that even the angels shout for joy uh, at God's creation. And then, uh, I, I don't know if you realize this, but, but have you ever seen a, a ch- like children? Man, they're just always smiling and just bubbling over uh, uh, with joy. And do you know that, that on average, uh, a, a child will smile 400 times a day? Do you know for the average for an adult, they smile 20 times? Like somewhere in this span, you and I, we lost 380 smiles, man. And, and it just shouldn't be that way. And so... Um, I want to show you just this this brief video uh, of some of these babies uh, just laughing hysterically. Check it out. Here, man, I, I bet you this. Uh, was that incredible? Like, I promise you, you smiled when you saw that, right? You can't help but smile back when you see those little babies smile. And, and I show you that video to say this. Like, like, if you have children, you know this is true, that there's, there's something in a kid that they could just do something again and again and again, and it still cracks them up more and more and more. And so uh, I, I say that because uh, G.K. Chesterton, he was a, a theologian and apologist way back in the day, and, and he, t- he was talking about, man, how God is like a little child at creation. Let me read it to you. It says this, uh, but perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony, or, or in other words, doing the same thing over and over. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic monotony that makes uh, all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never gotten tired of making them. It may be that he has eternal appetite of infancy, for we have sinned and grown old, and our father is young. Than we, man, did you get that? Like, there's God just is there's a joy to Him saying, Hey, let's do another day again and again and again, and it never gets old and tired for God because our God is a God of joy, He's the happy God. 
Do you know uh, the psalmist in Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, he says this, um, in his presence, in God's presence is fullness of joy. In other words, uh, in the presence of God, there's maximum joy available for you uh, and for me. And so, uh, sorry, I'm banging on C.S. Lewis uh, so much, but uh, but C.S. Lewis, do you know he wrote, he wrote an autobiography, and it it chronicles his uh, life from uh, as a as a child to the age of 39 when he finally became uh, a Christian. Prior to that, man, he he was an he was an atheist, and so um, but but he referenced this in his book. His book was called Surprised by Joy. And he, and he says even throughout his young life, he would feel these stabs of joy is what he called it. Like these moments of joy that was so, so satisfying to him. Uh, he, he couldn't figure out a word, so he stole a German word. He says it's this, uh, sinsucked. Sin sucked. Now, I don't know how that sounds to you, you that speak German out there, but that was my best shot. And as I was studying for this, too, I came across another German word. It's called uh, Backpfeifengesicht. Backpfeifengesicht. All right. And, uh, and if you want to know what that word means, uh, that word means it's a face that badly needs to be punched. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's my gift to you. All right. But uh, back to our story. You know, sin sucked. Uh, what it means is this. It, it means longing, a craving. And Lewis, throughout his young life, he would feel these stabs of joy and, and know that, man, there's something. I, I want more of that, more of that. In fact, it may, maybe this will help you. Have you ever paid attention to the fact that you know, anticipation of a thing is always the best thing. Have you ever noticed that? Like it's like it's the anticipation of vacation that, that usually is much better than the vacation. It's the anticipation of the wedding day. Sorry, sorry, ladies, that it, it just never can quite live up to man the feeling we have during uh, as we're anticipating uh, this great day, and and it just goes on and on and on. Man, the the thing uh, doesn't satisfy like the expectation of the thing. Lewis says, man, these little stabs of joy. He said they were like signposts leading him to ultimate joy. And that ultimate joy was in the person of Jesus Christ. See, in his presence is fullness of joy. And a little side note, um, do you know uh, after uh, the, the editor of, uh, of uh, Surprised by Joy, C.S. Lewis's editor, um, uh, he actually wound up marrying the woman that edited Surprised by Joy. And do you know her name? Yeah. Joy Davidman. All right. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Um, and then, so um, we made this statement at the start. Uh, you can only lose joy if you fail to choose joy. You can only lose joy if you fail to choose joy. And um, if you guys remember in the, in the Christmas story, like Joseph and Mary, young parents, and, and they were headed to Jerusalem uh, with baby, like, like young Jesus, and um, uh, for Passover. And so they go, and the Passover feast is over, and, and Joseph and Mary leave, and in the commotion, they leave Jesus behind in Jerusalem. It was, it was the first um, uh, ever story, Home Alone, right? Uh, Kevin, right? And so, uh, so, but here's what we see. They go back, and it took them three days to find Jesus in Jerusalem. Now, like I don't know if you, you know this, but if you've ever seen like like uh, your wife uh, go mama bear, like if you screw up watching your kids, and uh, you know I'm not saying Mary did this to Joseph, but you know after this moment we never hear from Joseph again. <laughs> I'm not saying she often, but I'm just saying, all right. But um, here's what I believe, you know Joseph and Mary 
I don't believe they, they meant to leave Jesus behind in Jerusalem. I just think they got real busy with life, commotion, uh, the stress of, of, of leaving Jerusalem, and they just forgot and got busy. And uh, how often does that happen to you and me? Like our life just gets hectic and busy, and next thing you know, we too, we've lost touch with Jesus. And, and I want to avoid that, because in His presence is fullness of joy. And so I want us to stay plugged into God. And so let me give you, because I'm a pastor, I have to th- have three points. Just let me give you three quick uh, ideas so you can stay rooted in joy. And here's the first one is this. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled up with the Spirit. Let me read to you Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 18. It says this, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And and so, so did you catch that? Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. How do we do that, Paul? He says, singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. See, there's something uh, about uh, music that, that, that ministers to the soul. And listen, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe music doesn't get it for you. But here's my challenge. I think believe what Paul is saying is, man, you got to do something that stirs your soul for Jesus. Something soul, uh, uh, soul stirring that, that, uh, that works for you. So for example, man, man uh, like music is, is fantastic, but you know what gets me? Man, my soul is stirred towards Jesus. Uh, early mornings, man, uh, with, uh, uh, in the cool of the day, with a warm cup of coffee and my Bible open. And in that quietness and listening to the word of God, it's like God's voice is so clear and he's so near to me. And but listen, that might sound horrible to you, but you have to find what stirs your affection for Jesus. And you do that every day. Be filled with the spirit. And then did you notice it it also said, Paul says, giving thanks always for everything. Like giving thanks always for everything. So uh, I could have saved uh, Brene Brown, uh, the research. If you don't know Brene Brown, she's an author and researcher. And and she was doing a study on on joy and gratitude. And and here's what she said. She said, uh, I thought joy led to gratitude. Uh, The reverse was true. That gratitude leads to joy. That gratitude, it actually fuels your joy. And so, um, man, you got to fight to find, hey, what's good and right in your life and give thanks to God for everything. So, for example, um, uh, man, my children, my children are like clairvoyant when it, when it comes to, to figuring out what their presents are. Like, man, their gifts, when they were kids, they would, they would, they would get their gifts under the tree. And then my, my one daughter, man, I promise you, she'd be like, it's a Barbie, SpongeBob. My Little Pony, a sweater, right? I mean, it was like, how is she doing this, man? And then, and then as they got older, they didn't want to know, but um, they, they learned to find their presence before they were even wrapped. And so, in fact, when my kids were older, I just threw the gauntlet down. I was like, I've hit these presents so well this year, I promise you, you will not find them. Uh, and the, within minutes, they had found all their presents in our home, all right? And so, just like my daughters were gifted at, man, they could find the gifts all around them. Uh, you need to train your eye, to train your eye to see that all that's good and right in your life 
the millions and trillions of little tokens, presents from God and give him thanks on a daily basis. It's how we stay rooted uh, in joy. Um, there's a Kay Warren is Rick Warren's wife and in Kay Warren she's no stranger to tragedy and sorrow uh, she she's uh, has cancer twice and she lost a son to suicide so she knows what it's like but it's interesting uh, Kay Warren she writes that um, that she used to think that life would just come in waves waves of good ways of bad or life was just like a series of hills and valleys but she says now that she's grown older and looked in the rearview mirror of her life she says no i see life now like like two tracks running beside one another man uh, of good things and bad things and it's on you to decide which track you want to focus on and so as for me man i'm going to focus on all that's good and right in my life i choose joy what do you choose and so um, uh, here's what I, so in Philippians chapter four, verse eight, Paul's going to give us a joy hack. Like he's going to give us a shortcut. And let me read it to you. Uh, Philippians four, eight, uh, Paul says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So I don't know if you caught that. Paul's challenge to you and I, the joy hack is, think about what you think about. Did you know that, that research tells us that 85% of our thoughts are negative? That's a problem. That's a problem. And so we need to learn to police our mind and our imagination. And, and, and he said to think on the good things, think on the beautiful things. But what do we do? Man, we entertain negative thoughts and then we pile on ourselves by going on social media. Man, CNN, Fox, but it's just negative, 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 negative. In fact, um, uh, about two years ago, I made it a point. I am not watching CNN, Fox anymore because it's just not good for my soul. And it snatches uh, joy away from me, right? And so Paul says, think about uh, what you're thinking about. Even our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he said this, man, that, that he sets joy before him each and every day. And because Jesus set joy before him, it took him through the cross to the very throne room of God. Hebrews uh, 12, verse 2, it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. As for me, man, I choose joy, and I hope you choose joy as well. Merry Christmas, every nation. Hey, um, before we uh, get to praying, I want to do this. You know, I'm going to end on this note as we we're talking about the joy of the Lord. It is our very strength. And so uh, there's a story of uh, young Isaac Watts back back in the mid-1700s. And um, he, he had to go to church with, with his mom and dad. And he hated going to church because just the music was so lame. And so it bugged him that it was so bad. And, and so he was complaining to his dad. And his dad, in, in all wisdom, said, well, Isaac, if, uh, if the music's so bad and you think you can do better, well, why don't you write a, a Christmas carol? And so that same day, young Isaac went into his room and he, he penned a song that's loosely based around Psalm 98. Psalm 98 is actually a psalm about the, the, the last Christmas, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the title of that song that he wrote was this, Joy to the World. 
Merry Christmas, every nation. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, thank you for this time we can gather together. Lord, we're so grateful for the very gift of your son, Jesus, God becoming a man, dwelling among us. Lord, I pray your grace. Lord, may the joy of the Lord be our strength this day. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, come on, give me a big amen. Listen, every nation, the, the, the sermon's over. And I did want to share this, um, that there's, a, there's three ways that you can help partner with us in getting the message, the good news of the gospel out. Um, there's three ways you can give to us and, and partner with us financially. Uh, you can go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Uh, or you can go uh, give via text. My family and I, we give this way. If you just text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977. It's a very convenient way to give. Um, or you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. Every nation, Jesus loves you, and I think you're great too. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation, New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.